Tom Reg, we feel you're doing a terrific job. We're looking forward to further relations. I'd like to come back to that in the in the end. And uh, we. This is the South African Dock Workers Strike Joseph. Conference call live. Let me know if you need me to turn it up. Thank you very much for the opportunity that you've given us as a Richosa. Um, we are organizing in transport, in warehouses, in stevedores, and in all transport-related national sectors in South Africa. We are one of the most uh, revolutionary trade unions in South Africa, which is um, dealing with a lot of issues. Comrade, uh, we've been involved in the past uh, few weeks, in fact, three weeks, uh, with uh, regard to the strike, <clears throat> as you've been just following in South Africa in regard to the strike that was taking place in Transnet. <clears throat> Transnet is a logistic company in South Africa, which is a parastatal, a state-owned uh, company, which is responsible for transporting of coal, transporting of goods, import and export, and it's responsible for almost next to 60 to 70% of transportation uh, of goods in South Africa. It's a, it's a very big company in South Africa, Transnet. We, we've started with negotiations around um, July, yeah, no, this year. And uh, it was a very intense um, kind of uh, work. Around uh, August, we then reached into a deadlock with it. There were almost uh, three unions that are involved, which is uh, UNTO United Transport Workers of South Africa, uh, SA Transport Workers, uh, which is SADAO, um, National Union um, Metal Workers of South Africa, and RITUSA, which is the Transport Workers of South Africa. Translate, I think around on the 25th of August, uh, we reached a deadlock with Translate. Translate at first was offering 0%. Uh, you can imagine currently in South Africa, the inflation is around 7.8%. And Translate was offering just 0%. Uh, on the first meeting after, you know, this, this certificate which was issued on the 25th of August, 2022, the company then issued um, the offer of 1.5%. We, we as trade we just call that as crazy, as insult, you know, to the old workers. Translate is having, uh, employing around um, 55,000 workers, 55,000. So it's a huge company. <clears throat> we then said to Translate, you know, there's no way that workers will accept, you know, the 1.5%. Then the strike commenced um, probably around the, the 6th of October. Transnet was still offering 1.5% um, on the few days when the strike it was seen that it was having a huge impact. There was no movement with um, the trains in South Africa moving from Emelo which is in Pumalanga region, transport calls, which is 200 trucks on each and every hour. You can then imagine the day, the impact that is caused. 
that is in terms of exportation. In harbors, we've actually uh, almost uh, five harbors, um, which is uh, Deben Port, which is one of Port in South Africa, Cape Town, which also deals with container. We've got Sudana, we've got the Richard Oh, he froze. Oh, maybe. Oh, it seems like we had a oh, yep. uh, stoppage here. Maybe he'll get back back in. Why don't we, uh, why don't we uh, uh, go on so he's not uh, able to do it? You know, they've had power outages on top of everything else in South Africa when they lose power. So there may have been a power outage. So why don't we go to our next speaker? And maybe when he gets back on, he can complete his uh, uh, presentation. Uh, Trent, you want to uh, make a presentation on what's going on with privatization and the attack on the LW? Yeah, I, I can I can do that, and uh, hopefully our brother from South Africa can uh, can log back on soon. Um, uh, I'll I'll try not to be uh, too long. I'm going to uh, post the link in, in the Discord. Uh, I failed to mention that I'm also a part of an organization for the Zoom uh, meeting, which is affectionately known as SLAP. Um, stands for uh, Schools and Labor Against Privatization, and. Um, the, the the organization that I'm involved in is is was put together to uh, to help to fight against one major thing, and that's the uh, the attack on uh, public resources from billionaires and uh, corporations. You know, which is all you know, in my personal opinion, a part of a of a um, a larger scheme. Uh, which is the control of resources all over the world. You know, the fight to control resources all over the world is affecting the most valuable, uh, what, uh, uh, corporations and, and, uh, uh, billionaires consider the most valuable commodity, which is the working man and woman. Okay. Anything of value is in some form exploited. Okay. We can, for example, we can, we can, uh, uh, use the oil in, in the uh, Middle East <clears throat> as an example of what I'm talking about. It's a very valuable commodity. So there is all types of, uh, uh, exploitation going on there to control that commodity and to control the people there. Um, well, working people are the most valuable commodity. The cheaper the labor is, the more profits and control the exploiters have. The fight against that has been a continuous fight since the beginning of time. Um, I'm just proud to be a, a part of an organization that has committed itself to, uh, uh, you know, be a vanguard in that struggle, uh, which is the ILWU. Um, the ILWU has been uh, a beacon of light for uh, working people and uh and in particular 
for the most exploited uh, uh, people when it comes to labor, um, the black and brown people you know, all over the world, uh, who at one point uh, labor was exploited and taken for free. So what you, with all of that said, um, the struggle continues. The ILWU, uh, along with our South African brothers and sisters, are involved in a, in a struggle right now, even though we're not, we're not on strike <clears throat> as of right now, but we are in a battle uh, for, to maintain uh, what we have fought for for the past 88 years. And, and to also, uh, be compensated and treated, <clears throat> um, in a, uh, a respectful way, uh, by our employers. Um, that struggle continues and it's just my generation's turn, uh, to make sure that we, uh, that we are successful in those struggles. Um, as you may have, <clears throat> losing my voice here, uh, as you may have seen, um, through social media and news outlets, the ocean carriers, uh, shippers, and and uh, uh, terminal operators have made record, record profits um, since the pandemic and during the pandemic. Billions and billions of dollars in profits. The inflation is at an all-time high. Okay? Gas prices are out of this world. Everything is more expensive. It's more dangerous to interact uh, in society. Um, it's, it's, it's gotten to the point where the rich have become just astronomically richer <laughs> and the poor have become astronomically poor. Okay. All of the evidence is, is in the streets. You can drive down the street in your local neighborhood and I guarantee you will get to a spot where there are homeless people living on the street and living in cars, okay, living under freeways, okay, living in dark spaces, not not having access to to any type of uh, social assistance, uh, any type of uh, public resources that can help them out of the situation that they're in. This is all a result of of worldwide greed. This is a result of privatization. It's a result of uh, bad management when it comes to the people who we have voted into office. Okay. It comes from a lack of, of education and people understanding the role that working people and why it's important for working people to connect all over the world, because all, all of our our our, uh, our goals are the same. No matter what nationality, no matter what gender, what what race, what religion, working people all have something in common. Uh, before our brother from South Africa was unfortunately cut off. He was literally mirroring everything that we're going through with with the same employers. Okay, they might be under a different 
name or a different South Africa, but they're the same employers, the same shippers. They've been in business for many, many years, hundreds of years. Matter of fact, uh, my people, African-Americans, were once the cargo of these same shippers. Okay. Um, it was a, it was kind of ironic, but I was watching a, um, an old movie, Huckleberry Finn. And there was a scene in Huckleberry Finn where they were unloading a, a slave ship. And the, on the side of the slave ship, it said P&O shipping. And I literally had worked a P&O. I saw that, or I noticed that in that movie, which was very eye-opening to me that I am now working ships that used to, <laughs> well, not the same ships, but the, you know, the same companies that used to ship slaves. So this is who we're dealing with. This is who the South African longshore and transport workers are dealing with. Bill have the same mentality this long back in 1800s. They are the same people who have been blocking reconstruction since 18, since the 1870s. They are the same people who every time society moves in a progressive way towards race, towards united people, these are standing in the way. And they're using a lot of different tactics to worker and in a world that is becoming more populated every day. So we have to realize the situation we're in and form our fight back around that. Okay, so with that said, I've been very proud to be involved uh, with organizations like SLAP. I've been proud to be involved with organizations uh, um, like the Million Worker March uh, organization been involved in, in the, uh, planning uh, and bringing back uh, the uh, celebration of May Day uh, in the Bay Area. And, and all of these things are important because they, they help us to first spread the message about uniting and bringing workers together. Um, this is why it's important to plan events like the Million Worker March and, and the May Day celebrations. It's also important, and before I stop talking, I, I have to say this. One of the one of the main hurdles will back me up on this. One of the main obstacles in the struggle to unite working people against all of these forces that are trying to devalue our labor is the movement that's supposed to be supporting us. <laughs> when we were planning the million 
worker march. We ran into so much bureaucracy and 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 uh, and red tape. Um, you know, when it comes to our own labor. People not here. The organizing of the Million Worker March was something very special because it showed me that we had to organize in our own name. This is why forums like this is so important because we're bypassing the labor movement bureaucracy. And we're starting a discussion to organize in our own name. And until people do that on a mass scale, um, you know, similar to, uh, I use always use the example of the Black Panthers. Until we can that on a mass scale, working people will continue to struggle and continue to have these, these, these fights. Because it's basically the poor fighting the rich, if you want to simplify it. And they have the money and we have the power. But if that power is divided, it's not strong as it can be uh, uh, to fight against, you know, the, the organized monetary power that billionaires and corporations have. So with that said, uh, I'm very proud to be a part of this discussion. Um, our contract negotiations uh, have, have pretty much stalled for right now due to um, um, an NLRB issue uh, that has to be settled before we can uh, move forward. Um, other than that, I don't have much to report. The employers are, are, are you know, literally uh, not, not willing to admit <laughs> that they have made astronomical profits and that they need to share some of those profits with the workers whose backs they made those profits off of. And also during the pandemic, when it was very dangerous to work on the waterfront, um, a, a job that is already the fourth most dangerous job in the world, then you add the pandemic to it and it became even that much more dangerous. The longshore workers worked through that pandemic. We, uh, if, if uh, the supply chain issues have showed us when there's disruptions in the supply chain, what happens? Those were just disruptions. You can imagine what would happen if it was just an all out, flat out, just no cargo moving through the ports at all. It would be disastrous for the community. So, with all that being said, and all of the, the sacrifices that the longshore workers here on the West Coast, um, and not only on the West Coast, but the East Coast and the Gulf area have made uh, uh, during the past two years uh, dealing with the pandemic, the gratification and uh, respect is not there from the employers. And they're refusing to acknowledge that. And the struggle continues and we look forward to uniting um, our struggles with the with the uh, dock workers uh, from South Africa and dock workers all over the world. Uh, with that being said, and and workers all over the world, so I'm proud to be a part of this. Um, thank you for inviting me, Steve. 
And uh, once again, greetings from the ILWU to, to all of the guests. Thank you, Trent. And uh, we'll obviously Our next speaker is uh, Brother Conrad Stone from Lutusa, who's on the line. Comrade Stone? Is he able to speak? Steve, could okay. I suggest, uh, you know, Stone could come in when he can. I'm, um, uh, he's, uh, he's, but he has a connection a problem too, just indicated okay. to me. Sure, uh, no but we also have a, another Southern African uh, worker here, Leonard Mpembu, um, and maybe he could come in. I think you're from Walfus Bay, which is another major port of Southern Africa. Is that right, Leonard? Mm. If you could unmute, yeah. Leon, are you there? We still have technical problems. You know, that's uh, that's pretty pretty clear with the sound, the uh, power, and others. Okay, well, why don't we then go to uh, Clarence? Uh, Thomas and I, I uh, was actually on strike uh, in 1968 with Clarence. We were both strikers at San Francisco State, which was also, also against private pay. And uh, uh, the ethnic studies, the, the history of uh, blacks, browns, Asians, indigenous people uh, at the university, but also the right for open admissions. When we were going there, it was seventy-two dollars a semester. Now it's thousands of dollars. So working-class people have to go in debt. You have to go in debt, and that strike was the longest strike in the history of uh, ed education. Education in the United States, and um, we had brought together the ILW at that time, which provided us the strikers with jobs. So that's how I first started working on the docks as a striker, uh, a union striker from San Francisco State. So. Uh, now we're facing privatization of the Port of Oakland, which threatens the, the life of that port. So, uh, and we've been, uh, Clarence along with others have been taking up a fight in the, against privatization in a political campaign. So, Clarence. Yes. Um, well, thanks again, uh, Stephen. By the way, uh, November 6th, uh, we'll commemorate the anniversary for the strike at San Francisco State College, which was the longest, more than four and a half months. By the way, this is not um, Supreme Court Justice Clarence And Thomas. it was, it's interesting that it in would have taken place in San Francisco, uh, the same city that the uh, the maritime strike was led uh, by Harry Bridges and others in 1934. Um, I, I I think it's important to, uh, to, to connect, make some historical connections here. Uh, a few years ago, Professor uh, Peter Cole called Aqua for Power, Race and Activism, and discussing the anti-apartheid page by um, dock workers in Durham and ILWU and Local 10 in San Francisco. 
And so I think that um, forum today um, just continues that history. I, I'd like to go to talk about something very quickly in terms of the question of privatization. Um, it, it appears to me, as, as it relates to the courts, it appears to me that um, what's, what's happening in South Africa, what's happening in India and in Brazil, um, is that we're looking at the privatization of courts. And the reason for that is because the bosses want more productivity and they want more profits. Um, they're willing to utilize the International Monetary Fund to exercise its leverage to be able to um, put private uh, investment into ports that leads to such things as automation, which is one of the issues that the ILWU is dealing with right now. Uh, we've seen the impact of privatization uh, in Australia, uh, where there has been an increase in layoffs, uh, greater casualization of labor. Uh, we've seen um, the uh, uh, intimidation and uh, uh, I guess you could say uh, actions against labor leaders coming on the ports and doing their jobs. This is what we've seen specifically on an international basis. Whereas here in the Bay Area, where a man by the name of John Fisher, who owns um, many corporations, some of whom you might be familiar with, he's a major landowner, he owns the Oakland A's baseball team, uh, Old Navy. Oh, gosh, am I still muted? No. He owns a great deal of things, and he wants to build a baseball park and he wants to build 3,000 luxury condominiums. Uh, he wants to build a, um, uh, an amphitheater, uh, almost 2 million square feet of commercial real estate, real, estate, real estate space at the third busiest port on the West Coast. And this would undermine the economy of the entire Northern California region. And yet, you have labor divided on that issue, and specifically because something that Trent made reference to earlier, it's something called business unionism, where you see the collaboration between labor and corporate and democratic party interests working together. This particular development is not in the issue of the working class at all, and will require nearly a billion dollars on the on the on the part of the um, uh, of the Oakland citizenry to support this. I believe right now what needs to happen is that there needs to be greater solidarity and coordination in terms of what's happening in South Africa and what's happening at the Port of Oakland. We need to begin to move towards solidarity action on these issues. And that can happen on a very fundamental basis. For an example, last April 29th, a few days before May Day, which fell on a Sunday, dock workers 
and members of the Oakland Education Association, Oakland teachers, shut down for a whole day. Teachers were shutting down because of school closures and also because the Oakland Unified School District is looking to sell school property to developers so that they can con convert those schools into upscale condominiums or charter schools. John Fisher, who I mentioned earlier, who wants to build the ballpark, is a major, major player in um, charter schools and funder. But on the 29th of April, longshore workers and teachers shut down for the day. And not only that, but longshore workers did not work on the night shift as well. It is this kind of solidarity action that needs to be underscored and needs to be replicated. This is exactly what we need at this time. And in closing, let me just say this. You know, it is quite ironic that May Day is celebrated all around the world as a day of worker solidarity and resistance. And that started right here in the United States of America, May 1st, 1886. One of the reasons why we don't have a labor party, one of the reasons why we don't have greater working class solidarity and consciousness is because that history has been hidden from the American worker. And it is one of the reasons why we reclaim May Day after the Million Worker March. October 17, 2004. This is a very important uh, uh, symposium or uh, meeting that we're having here today. Uh, we need to have more of them. Uh, this is very important. And I don't, you know, like I'm of the mindset that there might be some disruption as to the reason why these South African brothers can't speak right now. They're saying that it's power grid, but the powers that be are always at work trying to undermine what, whatever we're trying to do in terms of coming together. So we cannot uh, dismiss that as a fact, but I think that's all I want to say right now, but this is a very important issue and I, and I hope that we'll be able to build on this. Thank you. Thank you, Clarence. So I think we have uh, brother uh, Joseph JV on WhatsApp with uh, David Hempston. There was some technical problems, but he can maybe join us. Uh, is that possible? Davey, your, uh, your link's up. Please come on and pick up from where you left off. Mm -hmm. uh, Congress, uh, let me just um, simply apologize in terms of uh, some technicality that I'm just involved. Uh, you know, there's a problem of network, um, more especially our students in telecom. So from time to time, it's just going up and down. But I'll just back again. Comrade, I was um, uh, speaking on to the issue of uh, the commencement of the strike, which was on the uh, 7th of October. So when we commence, I think we have just done very well. Um, on the 10th, I think all the unions uh, were involved because uh, initially it was Ubuntu that first went on strike uh, in terms of their notice. Then um, the second union that uh, follows in terms of joining the strike was uh, Satao and uh, Ritusa on the 10th. And I think on the 11th or on the 12th, then um, Numsa joined us. 
Commissioner, I should say it was a very great start. You know, the last time we're having such a great unity in South Africa, more especially in Transnet, it was on 2010 when we have uh, such a great strike. This strike was so huge. In fact, it then forced the government to intervene. There was uh, the involvement uh, at CMA of the Minister, Minister of um, Finance, Minister of Employment um, and Services, and Minister of um, um, Traditional Services. They were all involved in CMA trying actually to constantly uh, together with the same commissioner. In fact, there were two commissioners from CFA. Uh, it was at that time then um, that um, Transnet had moved from their offer of 1.5% to the 3%. The units, um, three of them rejected that offer of 3%. Um, the strike actually proceeded up until, I think, it was, it was the end of uh, that week from the 10th. Then there was then the intervention of uh, the commissioner uh, together with some other ministers of uh, government. In fact, almost half of the ministers of the government of South Africa was involved in terms of trying to find a solution. The cargo owners were complaining left, right, and center because they were, their cargo was just uh, at the sea. Uh, some of the cargo was um, at the harbors, uh, in all the harbors that I've just mentioned. There was no movement whatsoever. I am fortunate, Comrade, that my office uh, in town, in Devon, City uh, Center, is featured and is overlooking the hub of Devon. I was able to see, you know, the cranes that were up, meaning they were not operational. I was able to see, you know, point area. I was able to see Pier 1. I was able to see Pier 2. I was able to see Melbourne. I recall at some stage, you know, I spoke to you today and say, you know, what I can see is amazing. It's amazing because we can see it's not something that we we are just in for. I can see where I'm standing in the in the office. Um that everything was on standstill. The hardcore operations they also which is dealing with the uh, break part, you know, uh, like steel and steel and all other uh, big, you know, kind of uh, cargo. All everything was just down there in Cape Town. We're communicating with. Building, uh, which the road that is going first love. They're almost around. And the unity and unity it was called in, and everybody was very happy when I just came in just after us workers. You know, we're just calling for the unity that we should proceed with this kind of unity between this union. We must, we must join hands, we must never let the employer come in between us and so far. Um, I was very happy, and the workers were very happy, you know, to see because the previous day there was a um, person from Santa who also came into a trans workers. I think then after myself, there was a spokesperson from Onto uh, and a spokesperson from Nusa that came. You know, the unity comrade was um, so much high. And um, ultimately, comment going to the long story short. There was a you know, together with SMA. 
after System A presented, you know, the new offer which was uh, put on the table to all the parties, meaning us and, and the unions. That six percent then was revised to six percent on the first year, five point three on the second year, and five point five. What was very strange, comrade, is that there was a clause, I think it's on the argument, it should be number five. That clause was saying, trusted will not guarantee that in the next coming year, the next day, which was uh, probably on the uh, 15th, if not the 14th, Undu were all surprised, you know, that Undu signed off um, and they have a deal with Transnet in regard to Half of what they used to earn, 
when they were just taken back by the new uh, consortium, which was just uh, a bought almost all the shares from SAA. So we know, comrades, we are coming. But yes, in terms of the new proposal uh, of transnet onto the issue of privatization, they are targeting uh, the PR2, which is at uh, part of the event, a very business uh, kind of pattern, and the part of Moha, which is almost 10 years, uh, where transnet uh, spend around almost 5 billion and building that to support part of Moha. Now all those are just on the line. There's been some consultation uh, with Transnet and the, they're saying the new employer, which is going to have a 35 year agreement, is not going to, so the company I'm having a little bit of two and sinuses, so from time to time, uh, as you can maybe hear me, I'm speaking through my notes. Uh, sorry for that. But I think I'll be better in the next uh, coming days. Comrades, these are the challenges that we are facing. Where we have issued a statement, we have just promised transnet uh, to them on onto the issue of privatization. Because in South Africa, we know the effects of privatization. Workers have lost job. Currently, we are standing at around um, 42%. If you are not conducting uh, calculation of uh, the standards. In South Africa, the, in terms of the youth, they are around 76% of unemployment. You know what has happened in July last year in terms of the uprising. The, the situation has was taken at the very critical stage was um, people are just doing whatever they can to try and just survive. It's a kind of a, a very bad situation. Uh, on the issue of inequality, South Africa is one of the countries that is leading uh, in terms of inequality in the world. Poverty is a very serious kind of issue. In fact, if it was not for the intervention of government on the issue of trans, uh, the grant and treaty that is given to all unemployed, the children grant that is given actually to the children up to the age of 18, uh, the old age grant which is given from um, as you know, the age of 60, people in South Africa will be dying with hunger. Seriously, this is you know the challenges. Um, one of the things uh, in terms of the steps, you'll find that uh, in South Africa, one person it's uh, supporting a family or people around 10. So if this privatization go ahead, uh, it means, therefore, we'll be adding to the high rate of unemployment. It means we'll be adding to the high rate of to the inequality. Um, that is, you know, proceeding um, as if, you know, we don't have democracy. But as unions, we, we've taken, more especially with these two other unions, um, and Nomsa, uh, we, we seem to be talking with the same kind of language. Right now, we are engaged on challenging, trying to say, 
We should be developing some sort of campaigns, uh, some ticket lines. We know we have um, we have uh, won a lot of trouble through this ticketing, uh, through this campaign that we've been just waiting over years. And we hope because um, before 2010, there was a plan uh, from council to privatize Moha. Uh, at the we challenge that. We have serious measures. We have petitioned the government uh, in terms of stopping that. We've managed coverage. Uh, I think it was around 2009 to stop, you know, privatization of the port of Moha. And we know once again that we are going to challenge this kind of action by the government and also by transport. And we know if we are still united together with students, you know we are going to have uh, this is some sort of a short story commented one uh, We have managed to conquer the apartheid in South Africa um, through, you know, the support of the international community. Uh, you know, the commerce, the socialists, the trade unions, the international community as a whole. We have managed in South Africa to conquer the apartheid. So we we are very confident that even now, comrades, with your support that we are receiving with these whole uh, issues of self-colonizing to say we are giving solidarity to the people of South Africa, more especially uh, workers. We are confident about the challenges that we are just facing. Um, I think it's important Robert, that um, this solidarity that we wage, um, Throughout the world, more especially the trade unions, which are very, very powerful. Uh, I want to once again, you know, to thank you, the ILW Congress, who have been always with us in South Africa, and and Congress throughout the world has been always with us uh, in, uh, in terms of averting the struggle of uh, the working class. If we are united, Congress, that nothing that we break us apart. So let us proceed to this unity. Let us proceed with this solidarity. Let us proceed courage with this ticket line. And we know we are going to conquer this capitalist was divided to fall, but united to stand. Thank you. Thank you, Comrade JD, for your, your contribution. And we certainly agree we need solidarity, we need united action, and an injury to one is an injury in all, which is the slogan of the LWU. As a matter of fact, and that's why it's been involved internationally. I wanted to also mention that um, on January the 26th and 27th, uh, uh, Comrade JV and other unions uh, are calling a conference on privatization on the attack on the working class in Durban, South Africa. And if if people want to get, get more information on it, they can put their email in the um, chat, and we'll send you the call. But if the uh, the Purpose of it is to bring together workers, not just in South Africa, but internationally around this fight against privatization, because it's not just a, a national question, it's an international question. And um, 
I think we have to unite workers globally against privatization. Privatization is, as far as I know, the only vehicle in the United States to unite unions, people from the community, workers together uh, against privatization and take action. And I think that that has to be replicated, as Trent said, in Los Angeles and, and many other communities. Um, I know that in Seattle, they tried to privatize the docks as well. An important resource for working people, but as a place for development of property. And the property development takes priority over workers' jobs and, and transportation of goods, which, which is uh, one of the issues. Um, so if, if other uh, comrades would like to uh, make a contribution from South Africa, have some obviously technical communication problems. Uh, if there's any that would be available, uh, open to making a comment. Okay. Uh, any other port workers would like to make a comment? We have a port worker from uh, Aaliyah from uh, Seattle. Would you like to say anything? Who's honest? Sure. Yeah, I wasn't um, expecting to. I'm just tuning in. Um, I have worked in Seattle on the Committee to Stop Police Terror and End Systemic Racism, which was started in Oakland with Trent um, and those folks over there. So I just heard from my comrades that I work on that committee with about this. And I'm very interested in international solidarity and different parts of the world. And I think that it's very important that we get together and do these types of things. So thank you. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Any any other port workers who would like to speak? Okay. Uh, so uh, okay. Uh, Steve, is, Steve, I have a question for uh, maybe the Seattle dock worker. A few years ago, there was maybe ten now some big strikes of grain loaders on the Columbia River. Uh, up from, uh, I guess that's a, the, the port is, uh, what, Portland or Astoria, Longview. Oregon? or uh, does, uh, Longview. What's that? Longview, I think it was. Could uh, any updates or uh, where that uh, sort of uh, remind us of how that, the outcome of that uh, struggle? Um, it was, it made some headlines back uh, years ago. And it was one of the, more significant uh, strikes of, I guess, was it late Bush or early Obama years? That was under Obama. Chips. Mm. I do remember hearing very young in the in the industry and in the movement. So I have heard about that, but I unfortunately don't have any updates for you. Sorry about that. Okay. Uh, Gennaro or uh, Trent? Yeah, I just, I just wanted to, uh, to mention something that, that I didn't mention earlier. And uh, uh, Clarence did a very good job explaining 
uh, the situation here in the Bay Area to everyone um, uh, in regards to the Oakland A's and the proposed stadium at Howard Terminal. But the one key thing we didn't mention was that the billionaire um, that we are struggling against here in the Bay Area, uh, John Fisher, owner of the Oakland A's, is also uh, involved with KIPP. Um, which is the the outfit that uh, uh, privatizing the schools? Okay, so so the connection between the ILWU and the OEA um, was made because we realized that we were dealing with the same conglomerate there, um, uh, who is literally uh, going after the main public resources in the city of Oakland, the schools and the port. So I wanted to make sure that the, that the panel uh, understood exactly uh, what we were dealing with here. And, it, and what we're dealing with in the Bay Area is no different from what, what um, um, people in Baltimore are dealing with, you know, people in, in pretty much all of the major cities, um, especially On public resources by uh, billionaires and corporations that we need to we need to really organize worldwide against and, and stand up against. Thank you. I just wanted to mention that. And, and one of the issues, unfortunately, is that the uh, the Democrats um, have been pushing the privatization. In fact, in in the port of uh, in the city of Oakland, the Democratic City Council uh, is talking about giving $850 million of tax money to John Fisher for the infrastructure for his stadium and development of 300 luxury condos. So you've got to look at why would politicians in a city give a tax, massive tax uh, uh, money to a billionaire to, uh, to build luxury condos? and the stadium in a working port that would threaten that port. That really shows, I mean, the, the political problem that the labor movement has, uh, not having its own working class, fight against right-wing unions or conservative unions, the building trades who um, uh, want those jobs, they want to build a stadium and basically uh, they, they put business unionism and corporate unions at the head of the interests of the working class. Um, and and uh, the, the gentrification and the uh, removal of black and brown people, poor people from Oakland, as they have been removed from San Francisco, where the same thing is taking place in the privatization of, of public jobs and gentrification in the city. So it's, it's an international problem in the same situation as in South Africa with uh, Durban, where they're trying to privatize the port, destroy the port, and uh, turn it over to developers. I think it's a global, it is a global struggle against developers and, uh, and billionaires who uh, want to profit the highest rate, and uh, they don't care if, uh, if ports are destroyed, and, and they don't care what these cities become, and that, that's what, what has happened. Well, why don't we open Gennaro, did you want to say anything? Excuse me, I was on mute, but I was just tuning in and chiming in, trying to um, see what's going on really. 
And um, well, I'm also a part of that group with um, Trent with the slap and dealing with the schools and things like that and dealing with the port and going to well, Zoom meetings with city councils and justify some of these um, economic decisions they're making and stuff just doesn't make sense. It's like, how are you closing down all the public school resources? I mean, that doesn't make sense at all for us, pe people like myself, I should say. I come up in the public school system. I'm not certain about everybody in this meeting, but I came up in the public school system. And where I came up in the public school system, there is no more public school system. In New Orleans, there's no more public school system. Going on everywhere, like you say, in Baltimore and other places, this attack is real. This privatization, they are really serious about taking over Oakland. And they're really serious about putting that stadium on Howard Terminal, where it's an active port right now, presently. But I plan on um, also um, wanting to see about what's going on with the rail workers today at three o'clock, because that's that's informative information too. And I, I'm I'm just trying to inform myself as much as possible about what's going on in in, in the world, because like, man, it's it just it just doesn't make a lot of sense that you, we all human beings when it comes down to it. And another human being to oppress the other human being just so that they could gain a little capital and they feel like their family sitting off a little bit better doesn't make a lot of sense. We all need to share the pot. We need to share the pot and divide the pot so that everybody can have something and have some way of sustaining themselves and their families. And it, it I'm, I'm just going to, that's why I didn't want to really say too much because I feel like I'm just, I'm, I, sh, I should have something more prepared instead of just coming off of my emotions <laughs> and how I'm feeling about what's going on in society. But, um, thank you. Well, one of the things I think that we want to do in this panel and internationally is building a united front and the million worker march was a united front of workers of community groups throughout the country coming together and and the people most afraid of it it wasn't the capitals it was the union leadership the afl-cio who said you know how dare you have a rally of workers in washington before the election this was in october i mean like how working class in a public demonstration in washington dc with basic demands for housing for national health care. I mean, uh, so they're terrified of a unified action, unified action. And I think in the case of the railroad workers rally today at three, that's what we want to do to bring UPS workers, to bring Teamsters, longshoremen, uh, education workers together, because I think it's clear only a unified action of the working class can, can be successful in, in fighting the capitalists. I mean, that's the only way you're going to be able to fight them. And I see with Amazon, you know, they, they're spending hundreds of millions of dollars trying to bust the union, prevent workers from having unions. And I've talked to some of the UPS workers because they probably will be going on strike next year. 
when they go on strike next year, the UPS workers, they should also bring out the Amazon and FedEx workers together with them. Imagine that, the power of, of UPS, Amazon, and FedEx workers all going on strike together. That's how you unionize. That's how you, you beat the employers, that kind of united action. So I think what we should need, we need to do is develop a united front approach to bring the working class together and use the power of all workers collectively. When the CIO was built, workers came together. That's how they were successful. Clarence, you want to add to that? Yeah, I, I would just like to say, Steve, that you, you, you're right on point uh, as far as connecting those struggles. That's been a major problem in the labor movement. We've not, rank and filers need to make this happen. You can't rely on the, on the union leadership to do so because the union leadership are the junior partners of the Democratic Party. Let's just say it, call it out for what it is. And so, and, and so the reason why you would see uh, so-called uh, labor supporters, or, or elected officials in Oakland specifically, uh, that are supporting John Fisher is because John Fisher is providing financial support to Democrats as well. And so that's the mother's milk of politics. Get back to it again. We need a labor party. Working. Us.
elected officials who are willing to undermine one of the most important public resources in Northern California. For over 150 years, the maritime industry has been thriving in Oakland, California. And, and to show you the crisis of capitalism, John Fisher is now challenging shipping owners, terminal operators, and stevedoring companies and saying, I want to set up shop where you operate. It's absolutely insane. So that we've had to develop an organization called the East Open Stadium Alliance. Listen very carefully. That is made up of not only maritime unions, community people, but also employers to stop Fisher from doing this at the third busiest port on the West Coast. This is an indication of the crisis of capitalism in the United States of America. So thank you, Steve. I see other comrades have their hands up. So okay, yeah. thank you. Uh, uh, Carol, you're online. Hi, everybody. Um, I think it's clear when workers go out. Okay. I mean, but the, the train drivers go across the country. They're, they have the power industry in a way that in some ways nobody else does. And the fact is, is that um, I think that the people who are in the leadership of the RWU, who are in most sports cited, should really consider, you know, mobilizing and, and not, I'm glad that the industry shutting down that the power is really a mess of class. At this point, people are divided and um, they're not working. You know, some, some workers are out on strike, some are not out on strike. There's, in the unity of the working class, that's where we can really show that we can take the power from those greedy capitalists who we've spent a lot of time on the call describing now. Now it's time for workers to start to think about what we want to do to, to change that, you know, that, that whole geometry of things. Um, I, I'm wondering whether I, I can see that Sagasa is on the line. I'm not sure whether his, his, um, what you call it? His technology is working, um, and I know Leonhardt was on the line at one port, point. Who was from Namibia? Can they possibly call in to say what's going on in WhatsApp, and so that we can really get a broader picture of what's going on in those countries, and then come up with a strategy 
about what are we going to do in order to really generalize the strike and 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 show our solidarity not only because we are you know we solidarize with south african workers but because clearly the situation is the same everywhere and the only way to change that ultimately is to have a international unity so i'm i'm just hoping that some of those people can get on and 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 fill in the picture a little bit more and and Aaliyah, i i'd like to hear also what the rwu is planning to do in terms of winning its its demands oh mark can you stream um, it from yours yeah because you're um, in your WWE, right no. no, I'm not. Oh, but you're a transport worker. She's in, right? she's in, the, she's in the ILWU. Oh, you're she's in the ILWU. Yeah, sorry. She's in the ILWU. Yeah, she's an ILWU member. Um, there, there is a, a Omar from uh, South Africa who's involved in this uh, educational conference that's taking place in uh, in Durban in January. Maybe he can say a few words about that conference. And we are planning to have a, a joint conference on on the fight of longshore workers and privatization uh, and the commemoration of the 1973 uprising in South Africa and in Namibia. Uh, there was a massive uprising against contract labor. And I think that's another point that's happening in the United States, South Africa, all over the world. And that is the busting of unions and the privatization of work means workers become contract labor. And uh, there's no union structure and there's no seniority. And I think that workers in Libya are being fired and forced to be contract workers. And that's a form of, of union busting and slavery, really, where workers don't have any collective rights, any power. And I think that's the, that's the policy of the capitalists now, to increase their profits. And that is to destroy unions, marginalize workers, so they're all contract workers, temp workers, gig workers. And that's, that's a global issue for the, for the working class. Um, so Omar, if you wanted to speak, and also uh, Trent was on on, the, on his hand up. No, no, that on on. Uh, I think uh, someone had up before I did. Sister Carol about developing a plan uh, because you you have members from the ILWU here right now. Um, the connections that we can make, um, and I'm not just talking about paper. We can we can submit resolutions um, at our executive board and union meetings, and then vote to support. Uh, the dock workers in South Africa, that's, that's good for a show. Okay. But, uh, but real support is real support. And, and, you know, everyone knows what I'm talking about. The IOWU, um, has some of the same similar problems as any other union. You know, we have our internal bureaucracy, just like anybody else. Um, our constitution and bylaws just allow us to be more liberal and to organize in our own name within our union, um, which 
at times we could are we are able to uh, outvote our leadership. That is that is a unique and very valuable tool for our members to have is the bottom up uh, bottom up rule. A lot of unions don't have that. So as we're moving forward in in organizing. Uh, if we're if we're meeting here today to move forward with some type of, of uh, plan, then I would think we would should be talking about that and seeing exactly. Um, that's struggling. Uh, around the world and, and we can use some of these current events happening now to to attract focus um, to the issues that we're talking about. So uh, I don't have really any suggestions as I'm talking. I'm just kind of trying to, I guess, direct the conversation somewhere. <laughs> so um, with that said, I'm, I'm, I have open ears as far as what uh, or what the ILWU do uh, to help our brothers and sisters in South Africa. Well, I, I think that they're, uh, uh, the South African dock workers are quite happy to have heard from the ILWU. And, we, and there's a resolution that's going to be coming to the San Francisco Labor Council on Monday to support them as well. So, I mean, we have to build, get, at least get the information out of people know the information about that national dog strike is has not been published in corporate media. There's no mention of it. But I mean, we're also having a strike wave now in France uh, and England, United Kingdom, was working uh, uh, moving towards a general strike. So these massive struggles of workers are not being reflected in the media. They don't want workers to know even what's going on next door to them uh, as far as struggles. Uh, they want to keep everybody isolated in a, in a corner so you, you can't unite and see that your struggle is common with struggles of workers around the world. Sagasa, did you, were you going to make some comments? Yes, I wish to make some comment. Uh, I am from South Africa, Devon. Firstly, I want to apologize for my uh, network. I've been trying to get in, but I've been having some some trouble. That's why you're seeing me, seeing me coming in, coming out. But I wanted to 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 comment, in, especially in the issue of the the dock uh, workers being privatized. I think currently in in South Africa we are faced with the with the same with with the serious situation where. Uh, this is not the first time. I think in 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 five years ago they tried to privatize the port. Luckily, at that time there was uh, there were managers who were who were more on the on the worker side who were able to alert us that this is the plan going forward of which we 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 did uh, try to to stop it at that time. Change and in the form of government. I don't know. If you... Yes, you're coming in clear, brother. Yeah, in a, in a, so everything has changed in a, in a form of of government. We we feel that the the government of South Africa 
is is uh, is anti-workers, especially in particular at the ports. I think they are, they are not seeing the port as as one of the assets that that generates the employment as well as the income of the country. They see it more like a, a place where they can easily make a business because as we speak, we were we were given a. Uh, uh, a presentation. I think uh, Comrade JV is here, the General Secretary of Retusa. I also belong in the same uh, organization. I think about two weeks ago, we were given a presentation on, on how far have they gone with privatizing the ports of Deppen, actually the, the, the national ports. And in their information, they are telling us that they have gone very far and it's not even easy for us to stop it at this point. Now, I think that's why we, we wish to come in this uh, forum and request that we seek solidarity from our, our, our fellow uh, colleagues from across the, the board to also put a pressure into saying privatizing the port will not be the good thing for the one for the country. Secondly, for the, for the workers, which we know that privatization always come with the job cuts and Exactly, South Africa is sitting at a very high volume of unemployment. So if they had to privatize the port now, if the ones that are currently they, they are going to lose, we are going to lose uh, uh, the job. So I think at this stage, we will really need any assistance that one can get, advice that one can get, so that we can be able to, to facilitate and try to stop this privatization that is happening in, in, the, in the port. So that's what I wanted to, to say in, in, in contributing, especially in the issue of privatization. Thank you. Thank you, comrade. Um, anyone who hasn't spoken would like to speak. Okay, uh, Carol. In terms of its solidarity, remember just a couple of years ago with the Zim ships and not allowing the Zim ships to, to dock and to unload because of the treatment of the Palestinians by the Israelis. So I'm wondering a couple of things. One, can the ILWU do something similar? and either not allow South African ships to dock here or to, to do their one-day strike in support to, to advertise what's going on in South Africa. And is it possible, I'm not sure how to do it, but to set up like a GoFundMe account for the South African, um, you know, longshore so that they're not forced back to work through starvation. And my other question is, um, what about other South African workers? Where are they? Are, is there, have, have there been connections between the different um, sectors of the workforce? So those, th those are my questions. Mm -hmm. and Ed, you have your hand up? Um, Ed hello, yeah, can you hear me? Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. Um, well, um, first of all, I, I've got a question. I've, I've followed the strike in full solidarity with the comrades in South Africa who are who are on strike. Um, 
And I, I noticed in the press in, in the UK that um, some of the demands of these, these strikers were for, you know, 10% or 12% increase in, in, in the wages backdated to April of, of this year. And as I've read it in the press, the, the, the comrades have won about 6%. And I'm interested to know, uh, I'm, I'm interested to know uh, what the mood of the workers is. Do they feel this is a victory? Is it a partial victory? Is it, you know, is it a partial? What, what, what's, where, where's the movement going and ha has it encouraged the, the workers to feel stronger in their union? Um, I, I, while, while I'm talking to the comrades here, this is a terrific meeting, a really great meeting. I, I just want to let you know that um, dock workers in the UK have been on strike recently in the port of Felixstowe, which is on the east coast. It's the biggest container port in the UK, and it's where a huge amount of the supplies for, for um, British, um, the British economy come in. And also workers in the port of Liverpool have been on strike. In fact, I just saw in the press today that the workers in, in the port of Liverpool are considering coming out on strike again on Monday of next week. Um, this, this goes hand in hand with a big wave of strikes, sections of workers in the UK workers have been on strike for several weeks. This is a rolling program of strikes. They're not on strike every day. Um, and of course, it helps the workers who are taking strike action to create disruption without depriving themselves long term of a huge amount of income. They go on strike for a day or two, and then they're back, and then they go on strike again. Um, postal workers have been on strike on a similar principle, a couple of days here, a couple of days there. It's, it's very disruptive without depriving the workers of too much of their salary. Um, the following groups of workers are involved in discussions about whether they should come out on strike soon. Teachers, nurses, government workers, and midwives. And um, it's really noticeable that, that, that I've, I've probably left some groups of workers out, but it's really noticeable that the mood of the working class in the UK has changed in the last few months, and it's combative, and um, uh, it, it is really making progress towards the idea of a one-day general strike, which of course would hugely um, boost the self-confidence of the working class and uh, show the capacity of the working class. As other comrades have said in this in this call. The, the capacity of the working class to take power, to own and control the economy and to run society properly, democratically in the hands of the people and not for profiteers. Thank you, comrades. Can I, can I yes, comrade. Can, can, I come, can I come in on that one? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I want to, to, to respond on the issue of strike the recent strike of, of transnet as well as the demand and the feeling of the workers. One, we need to say that the the feeling of the workers uh, 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 across the board, they were disappointed. We did not get, uh, we call it the two digit, anything above 10%.
one of the reasons that 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 maybe caused that was that uh, in terms of negotiating, there were more than one trade union that was negotiating that. Mostly the support and the people that blow up. So we felt that we we were betrayed by the other union by accepting the six percent that the, the 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 company offered. Because one there was one there was one clause which was seriously seriously putting a danger in the in the well-being of the employees because on the same agreement they have attached a retrenchment clause which if you look at the two the, the clause which they have put there that the retrenchment to say that the company can at any stage easily start the process of retrenching. So we wanted the clause to be to be taken out uh, uh, from from the agreement because we, we felt that uh, uh, if you combine the two, the issue of privatization and the issue of that clause, it, it actually works better for a company because if you if you sign an agreement which which say which allows the company to retrench as and when they feel that the company is not is not doing good in terms of uh, uh, financials, because we signed a three-year agreement, so it's it's putting uh, the, the the danger in in the in the security of of the of the workers. So that's why I'm saying the the feeling of the six percent, but it's not good generally on the workers. They they they, they do not like it. As one of the reasons that I was late from joining this meeting, I was uh, also having another uh, Zoom meeting with the Cape Town workers who were belonging to those union which was negotiating. Actually, they wanted to move uh, from that union to join now uh, our our trade union because they believe that we can maybe do better and try to find solution in in all of these things, especially the issue of retrenchment. So that's that's what I wanted to 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 sponsor on the on the on the question that was put by the the fellow comrade who was here to say what is the feeling on the worker? The feeling is it's very it's very bad. We are not happy with what uh, Transnet has signed, uh, uh, the, which they terminated it a three-year agreement, which means it will be finished around 22, 23, 24 around that. So it's it's not a good uh, agreement that was signed. Thank you. Good. Um, okay, one last speaker, and I think we'll have to wrap it up. Marty? Yeah, I wonder what the role of the metal workers are. The NUMSA union and uh, the confederation that they're in, uh, what kind of interaction or solidarity is there with the port workers? Come again, I did not, I did not get that one. He wanted, he wanted to roll what the, what's the role of NUMSA 
and SOFTU, South African Federation of Trade Unions, was in, in relationship to the strike and COSOFTU in supporting the strike. Okay. Are, 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 are the port workers part of SOFTU or not? They are, they are, they are, uh, as, as I'm saying, there is more than one trade union that is uh, operating in Transnet, which NUMSA as a trade union belong to Federation South 2, and Satau as a, as a, as a trade union belong to Federation Kosatu, of which Kosatu and NUMSA, they were part of, of the strike. They did came, uh, 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 on the on the picketing uh, uh, places that were that were given by the company, they gave us the message of support to say that they are with the workers. They will want to fight this uh, uh, until until the end. But we all know that once the company have signed the three-year agreement, it's 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 no longer on the hands of the federations uh, in particular uh, around the issue of the three-year agreement. So. It's it's need uh, 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 the and, and the practices that Transnet has embarked on, but in uh, in in summary, as well as South too, they did came into party. They did give their message of support to the dock workers. Do they come to demonstrations or pickets? Yes, yes. Uh, I was I was with uh, 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 Kosatu leadership in uh, in in the picketing site of Transnet, and I, I was with uh, some Numsa uh, comrades which came and joined which came and joined the strike. So as uh, Ritusa leadership, they were all there to share their message of support. Can I ask one last question? What about Kosatu? which is the umbrella union, right? Are they willing yes. to pull out other members and other unions to support the you and the, the longshore workers? That was, that, was the, that was the plan, actually. Uh, we were disappointed when, when we heard that the, the, the majority union have signed on the agreement with Transnet, because when Kosati came, the plan was that they are going to apply for the secondary strike to try and bring more unions to join uh, 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 the, the strike in order to threaten to, to strengthen the, the strike in order to try to push Transnet into going into what the, the, the workers have demanded. So that was the plan in the, in the form of course. They did say that if the, the strike had to continue, they will have to, 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 to do the, the application of a secondary strike in order to assist the dock workers. Okay, well, I think uh, we've had a suggestion that we have a, a possible follow-up meeting next month. So why don't we work to set up a follow-up meeting to get a report and to continue to build solidarity uh, with them and, and with the struggles here in the United States. The last point I wanna make is uh, this rally that we're having, uh, today at three at the Port of Oakland is precisely to build a unified front of workers from different units, teachers, uh, UPS workers, uh, Amazon workers, dock workers, uh, railroad workers. And I think uh, I'm glad we're having it, but they have to spread out around this country. The railway workers may be going out, out on a strike 
Uh, and the, the leadership of these unions don't want to strike uh, because the Railway Labor Act uh, forbids it. And as a matter of fact, Nancy Pelosi and the Republicans say that they're going to pass legislation to order them back to work. So what that means is uh, that the union busting is by both Democrats and Republicans. And they certainly didn't want to strike before the election. But in November, there may be a strike of the railway workers. And what we have to do is build some to come together. And that's one of the reasons we initiated this uh, rally at 3 p.m. as a way of uh, these different struggles together so that we're not isolated and divided. So um, I think that that's what we have to build in, in, in every port, Oakland, Seattle, New York, uh, Charleston, whatever port workers are at and whatever city workers are at, people need to unify. Uh, a last point from Andrew who hasn't spoken, Andrew, and then we, we've got to wrap it up. Thomas didn't speak either. Yeah, uh, yeah, he did speak earlier. Hi, everyone. Andrew? Hey, thank you yeah. for doing this. Uh, I'm curious where we can share resources. You know, I was hoping to contact, I'm also from Seattle. I'm not a port worker or anything, but I do know a couple people who are organizing some of those protests against the Zin ships. And I want to just know, is there a digital, a Zoom component to the upcoming meeting in Durban? Um, or, or if not, or even so, um, are there plans to send people and to alert, you know, for instance, the Teamsters have elected somewhat new leadership. That's, that's partly why there's probably going to be a UPS strike coming early in 2023 or rail workers. How can we get some of the membership or, or spokespeople who are not working on behalf of the, the companies to, to attend this? Okay. Well, we, we have plans to uh, stream the, the conference in, in Durban in South Africa in January. So it could be available on Facebook and, and globally. Uh, we want to have it live and we want to connect with dock workers and other workers around the world. That's the plan. And um, if you can put your email in the uh, chat box, we can get back to you. I mean, I think this initiative that we took today can be replicated in Seattle. I think there needs to be united front protests for the railroad workers uh, around the country and build support for them around their conditions. They have atrocious uh murderous conditions uh, where they're afraid to go to doctors for fear of being penalized and fired so uh and that hasn't changed with this new settlement so um i think that that's something that we want to do in other cities seattle new york route solidarity rallies with the way to go and build that that working class unity um and, uh well, we have two hands up. Okay, final two hands, and then we've got to, we've got to close the meeting, unfortunately. Uh, uh, Thomas and then Jamiro. Yeah, this will be quick. Someone mentioned KIPP uh, much earlier in the meeting. Knowledge is Power program. They're now the largest chain of uh, the lar largest charter school chain in the, in the United States. Um, uh, with, well, they're, in, they're here in D.C., Washington, as well as San Francisco, New York. They have uh, offices, but I mean, they, I believe they actually started in Houston. Uh, that's incidental. I did ask, uh, but it uh, speaks to the whole privatization of uh, of public uh, public functions. And uh, I was sort of wondering because you've been talking about privatization of the docks in South Africa. I, I would assume that most of the companies there are uh, private entities. 
And I was uh, also wanted just a sort of a description on isn't inventory piling up on the docks? Uh, you know, are you seeing, you know, uh, cars and uh, containers and uh, hell, aren't the mining companies at this point complaining about not being able to get their uh, their gold and diamonds and, and coal yeah. out, of, uh, out of the country? And more power to you. And I hope, and the last thing, I hope next month that we have a report of a one strike and not a, an ongoing strike. It seems to me this is so such a strategic uh, uh, union uh, and strategic action in South Africa that uh, uh, powers are coming to play and maybe uh, the dockers need to reach reach out in internally to the miners and to the and to the car uh, and to the auto workers uh, to shut down the supply of goods getting to the docks and then 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 you make the economy scream. Uh, that's all I'll say. Okay, yeah, Transit is a state-owned company, which is being privatized by the ANC, the government. So that's, but yeah, goods were piling up. Uh, but I, we can't really have a, 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 a go into this. Uh, Gennaro, last point. Gennaro? Oh, um, well, I, I wanted to find out if there's a possibility that we could um, communicate um, outside of the Zoom with the brothers and the brothers from South Africa? Yes, we can get their email addresses and, and get them to, to you and others. So we can have direct communication, no problem. I'm sure that's something we want to do actually. Yeah. Definitely. Okay, well, I want to thank you all brothers and sisters for joining us in this uh, important exchange building solidarity, building internationalism, and uh, the struggle is only continuing. It's not going away. It is deepening. So, and also to the dock workers in Felixstowe and, and Liverpool, maybe in our next well, because this is an international struggle, and the fight against privatization is a global struggle. There's no in educating each other, can we really uh, take this on successfully? So, Thank you for joining us and solidarity to our can, brothers can and I sisters. Can make a suggestion that we do it in two weeks as opposed to a month? A month is a really long time from now, and we might, we've sort of got the ball rolling, so it might be good to just keep it going. Okay, well, I, I think we have to connect with the people there to see what, what is best for them in South Africa. But we can, we can discuss that with them if that's possible. Unless people want to set up a bin, uh, I, I think I think we should try to connect with the people and the brothers in South Africa, and then set this uh, this up. Yeah, I, 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 I don't think we will have a problem from our side. Uh, I, I also want to second to say second the the the, the, the previous speaker to say. A month, a month might be too long because the issues are piling up and these things are happening in a speed. So we need to be sharing the information more often. So yes, every second week of the month. Okay, well that would be the uh, uh, the 13th of November. Okay, so why do we plan on having it on the 13th of November? Do that. <laughs> Okay, very good. We'll, we'll get the information out and uh, 
Solidarity, brothers and sisters. Victory yeah. to your struggles. Mark, Thank you, thanks, James. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. <laughs> okay, bye-bye now. Record. Okay, so that was the end of that call. That was um, that was a live uh, call between that was organized, I think, by the um, International uh, Front Committee for Labor Party, which is Steve um, Seltzer here in the Bay Area. Um, you heard him talking about the. I'm gonna say um, if we can find out where to donate to strike funds for um, South Africa or Oakland. Uh, yep. I'd like to share that. Um, and then also, I'm going to be, yeah, I'm going to be seeing Steve later on today. So I will make sure I get that and any other information you're about to ask for. Go ahead. Right on. Yeah. I also was going to ask, um, I kind of asked it in the call, but like um, who would we contact about sending people to the, meeting in Durban, whether on Zoom or in person. I think that that's definitely something I would like to at least try to do. I don't know how successful we could be, but sending people from like the Amazon labor union, um, the Teamsters, the rail workers, the port workers in various different places, because there's, I think, either no degree of separation or only one or perhaps two degrees of separation between all of us and some of these various um, unions and uh yeah i just can't um i can't have too much hope honestly uh in in what an international labor conference could do i mean we saw um we've seen in the past uh i think it was the fifth pan-african congress or the fourth i don't remember was in um in the uk in 1945 with a lot of american and and African kind of social leaders and spokespeople of different movements met. And then a lot of those people that were at that Congress were really instrumental in, in gaining independence for a whole host of African countries and, and uh, you know, really pushing for a more militant struggle in the civil rights movement. So I can't, uh, I don't want to get my hopes up too high because who knows what will happen, but it could be extremely um influential cross-pollinating very good 